0: Tasyam, tasyam, celebrate. Does the does
1: The living entity, in whatever species of life he appears, finds a particular type of satisfaction in that species. And he is never averse to being situated in such a condition. So, please repeat. The living entity, in whatever species, of life he whatever
2: species of life he appears,
1: finds a particular type of satisfaction,
2: type of satisfaction. In, that
1: in that species and he is, never he is never averse to being situated in such a condition. The satisfaction of the living entity in a particular type of body, even if it is most abominable, is called illusion. A man in a higher position may feel dissatisfaction with the standard of life of a lower grade man. But the lower grade man is satisfied in that position because of the spell of maya, the external energy. Maya has two phases of activities. One is called prakshipatmika, and the other is called avaranatmika. Avaranatmika means covering, and prasikpatnika means pulling down. In any condition of life, the materialistic person or animal will be satisfied because his knowledge is covered by the influence of maya. In the lower grade or lower species of life, the development of consciousness is so poor that one cannot understand whether he is happy or distressed. This is called Avaranatnaka. Even a hog who lives by eating stool finds himself happy, although a person in a higher mode of life sees that the hog is eating stool. How abominable that life is. Namo
0: Aum Vishnu Vidaya Krishna Krishna Bhutale Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swaman Iti Namaste Saraswati Devi Gaudabhani Kucharine Nirvishesha Srinya Bhadi Vasjan Tideshitarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda she had written the daughter, she lost the ego Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. O Magyana Timanandasya, Gyanandjana Shalakaya, Tapshur and Milita.
1: For the blessings of their lordships and to the all the parampara, all the devotees, everyone present here and online, thanks for coming, especially here. So um, this ancient text of Sri uh goes back, 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 uh, millions and millions of years, sometimes and some of the the past times, thousands of years, into the different um, cycles of time in this universe. So uh, here we're talking about different species of life. And um, we're also talking about higher and lower grades. So what does that mean? Um, Not that any soul is better and then another. Spiritually speaking, no real higher or lower. But in terms of the body and the consciousness that this, the living entity has in that particular body, their consciousness may be higher or lower. So, just like um, all the different species, um, we respect and care for and. Um, you know we protect. So, for example, say the the, the dog, you know, man's best friend, and especially in America, uh, has a, a different kind of consciousness. Uh, they they eat, they sleep, they mate, and defend. And so do human beings. But we see that the level of their consciousness is not such that they can. Um, be philosophical and come to understand uh, God-consciousness unless it's a rare occasion. There are pastimes where animals have had that consciousness, but it's very rare. So generally speaking, in these different um, so-called lower grades of species, the, the lower means the consciousness is lower. Not that they are lower and we just, you know, dismiss them. No. Um, All respect um, for all living entities and all care um, according to the situation is given to the different living entities. And so we're seeing that some of them, um, because of the illusory potency of the Lord, that, that potency, that energy that um, covers the full, pure consciousness is um, more of a covering on these um, so-called lower living entities. Just like when we see the, the sun is covered by the clouds, the, the sun is there, but just temporarily covered. So the soul, the pure soul, within that the body of the dog, the body, that pure soul is pure like the sun, but temporarily covered by the illusory energy, which means um, temporarily the consciousness is lower. but by the, the mercy of uh, the Lord. you know, Krishna? Another name for God. Uh, Unlimited names for the unlimited person. Uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead. And these deities here are different deities of Krishna in different moods. And so, uh, because the Supreme Lord is so loving and kind, he, he, she, um, wants to make sure that all living entities become, again, fully conscious. In other words, that that covering is removed. Because the covering, even like, you know, the dog or the hog, they may think they're enjoying on a particular level. It's a so-called enjoyment on a very low level. But there is enjoyment and happiness on a supreme level, spiritual level. So we have different levels of um, happiness and uh, appreciation of life and higher consciousness. So uh, we can see that for, for the uh, living entities to become again back to that topmost level, their topmost spiritual potential, is um is a, is a wonderful thing it's like it's um, it's a type of uh supreme liberation or freedom from you know getting out of the, the coverings just like somebody may have amnesia and it's not a very happy thing i'm sure it must be a suffering state you don't remember so when somebody's cured from that covered state um how much Uh, happier they are because they realize about themselves, oh, I understand now who again I am. So the the living entities become covered in different species of life by uh, different degrees of um, or levels of consciousness. And um, in many of these lower levels it's actually quite a suffering state, although the living entity is not understanding that, which allows them to um, exist. Like for the hog, Prabhupada's mentioning the hog here, the hog is eating the stool, and for us that's pretty abominable. But for the hog, he thinks it's, it's pretty good. So that's the, the just the level of the consciousness of the hog. It's temporary. But we know by observing the hog that there actually is a higher level um, for just eating. What to speak of a higher level of understanding the essence of life. So um, what may be abominable in one species, um, the lower species is thinking this is very enjoyable. So we can see there's something going on here. a matter of uh, development of consciousness. So uh, this consciousness is eternally there, they say, within the heart is all knowledge, all love, all consciousness, uh, full understanding of our spiritual situation is there already. But just like today, the brightness is covered, right? Uh, so, temporarily, we have some covering. To, to some degree, in the human form of life, even if we don't know too much about spiritual life, still there's um, quite a bit of uh, understanding compared to the understanding of, say, um, the l- lower species. Um, but there's lots more to understand in the sense that Okay, so I'm in this human body right now. It is temporary. I mean, I've seen everything going on around me that they never do last forever. I mean, they'll they'll endure for a while as a machine endures. It's a type of machine. But it doesn't last forever, so that means, oh my, (laughs) right? So uh, in... um, Over the millennia in the Vedic culture, this culture we're speaking from, um, this knowledge of uh, the science of the soul, which you'll read about in the Bhagavad Gita that you have, has been prevalent so that uh, human beings had access to this knowledge. So that uh, in their culture, in their um, society, in the way they organize society, the way they organize government, the way they organize communities and families, and the way they organize their own individual, personal lives, was based on this higher knowledge that I'm temporarily in a body. I'm not the body. The body is respected as a temple of God because um, the Super soul, or what we say, like the Holy Spirit, they say Christians uh, is in the heart, and the the living entity, the spirit, spark, the soul, us there too. So, so that's who we are. On one level, that's our understanding. We are an eternal spiritual being, um, and when the body dies, then that spiritual self passes on. According to, as you'll read in the Gita, according to one's consciousness at the time of death, then that uh, living entity goes on to the respective situation. Say, for example, um, a living entity is living in a human body but acting like a dog. (laughs) So it says whatever is that consciousness at death will determine where that soul will go. So if somebody's desires are more on that animal platform, then the animal body is more suitable to fulfill those desires. So here we're talking about um, transmigration of the soul, and you'll read a lot about that in chapter two. So uh, this, is, this is like common knowledge in this Vedic culture. So say like when the anthropologists, they study um, these different cultures, Um, it's very important to understand the uh, consciousness behind the uh, persons who uh, live and lived in this culture. And uh, and maybe uh, what we can say is that um, very advanced knowledge, very advanced understanding of uh, the purpose of the human form of life has always existed in this ancient Vedic culture. And um, even today, you know, maybe um, you've heard something about different things that have been found, um, remnants from this culture from millions of years ago or maybe thousands of years ago. For example, um, you can correct me on the details here, but. Um, it was from NASA satellite uh, photographs that they uh, found the ancient bridge from um, India, from the lower tip of India uh, to um, Sri Lanka, which they used to call Ceylon. So, uh, so this was um, was this was spoken about in millennia ago. Um, millions of years ago in the ancient texts of the Ramayana. And so many were thinking this is all mythology, these ancient texts. Well, it's so long ago and, and what they were able to do and uh, how these people were so advanced, it seems like kind of like a comic book series or something. But, but actually, there they found the exact bridge by NASA NASA, um, photography. So, and also off the coast of India, the west coast of Dwarka, more north-central going on the west coast of Dwarka, they found the ancient ruins of the palaces of the city of Dwarka where Krishna And his um, family members resided thousands of years ago. And so um, many were thinking, oh, you know, this Krishna must have been mythological personality. But anyway, but the anthropologists, I guess you could say the underwater anthropologists, I saw some photography of it in a really nice video, found some of the ruins. from this time period. So, of course, they know how to date the time periods, right, And from their methodology. So exact time periods are found from these ruins. So this is showing that um, the Vedic literatures are presenting actual cultures and civilizations highly, highly advanced thousands and millions of years ago that are imparting a great gift to the world that's available now. So sometimes, you know, if we're just thinking, well, it's all kind of just a mythological thing. Well, what kind of a gift is that? Except maybe some entertainment, you know, to read um, mythology. But this uh, gift is even greater than that because it gives us an understanding of how we can lead our own lives uh, and become more satisfied, more conscious, more um, God-conscious, more aware of the essence of my very existence. So in the beginning of the Purport, Prabhupada's talking about satisfaction of the living entity in particular types of body. But uh, there's different levels of satisfaction. So we're talking about the level that the dog and the hog are on and that's some level of material satisfaction, but the human culture, the human race, is, it is meant for the ultimate satisfaction of the soul, beyond just the mind, beyond just the body, beyond just the senses, right? Of course we take care of the body, the mind, and the senses, because this is a gift, right? But we know it's temporary. So what is the ultimate satisfaction we're looking for? It's a satisfaction of uh, understanding, you know, that I'm uh, a higher uh, person of higher consciousness than just I'm a body. <laughs> so it says the false ego means I think I'm the body, or maybe the mind, or both. <laughs> But real ego means I am eternal spiritual being. So this is is a valuable, valuable uh, culture. It, um, at one time, was uh, throughout the entire planet, um, this culture. And we find vestiges of it even today. You know, people, they go to Cambodia. We had some friends recently go to Cambodia and visit Encore Wat. Um, anthropologists find that uh, an amazing, amazing place to explore, one of the oldest visionary temples in existence. And they're finding in the East all these different uh, types of uh, communities and temples and like that um, from this ancient Vedic culture. And So when they find out, you know, wow, this is like dated Thousands or millions of years ago. How is this possible? But that's the, the nature of this particular planet in this universe. There's the the whole time cycle it is happening for you know millions and millions of years. And now we're in the last cycle, it's like seasons. And then it goes back to the beginning of the cycle. So we're in the Kali Yuga right now kind you could say, um, more degraded um, cycle, in the sense that um, people's consciousness has uh, degraded a lot in this particular age. So uh, we are studying these literatures and we're studying these cultures and uh, trying to understand this philosophy of you know, who we are beyond the temporary body so that we can help the whole world and help the whole universe, right? Everybody can offer something to help. And when we understand that, you know, I have a divine nature, I'm a spark (laughs) of that ultimate divine nature, and everything out there is part of this divine nature, and it's all to be respected, right? So um, all species of life, all, you know, in ecology and everything, all species of life with that lifestyle and that understanding of life beyond just the body, the spiritual understanding, all those species of life are cared for and protected. right? And all values, all higher values, are respected. right? And all sexes, all species, all races, all nationalities, you know, they're respected. Like today, there's just, you know, here and there, you know, in the so-called echelons of government, uh, disrespect. And th- that's because um, there's, there's not a full understanding of uh, who we really are. And how, uh, when we understand that divinity, then humility comes with that. And we, um, in a humble state of mind, we, uh, understand who we are and we explore all uh, the cultures with respect, we we care for all species, all human beings with respect. We may not respect certain behaviors, but we try to share the knowledge of how to behave God- in a godly way. So um, this is very important and it's a I would say, an anthropologist's dream to dive into these books, like this has um, 12 cantos. We're in the third canto here, so in that bookshelf, and in the back we see that we have 18 volumes of the So um it, uh, it gives a wonderful uh, view of culture of the universe and the earth and uh, it would be very wonderful for all students to have an understanding of this um, especially in your field so uh, anyway i'd like to stop here and since uh, kira is an anthropology student um, maybe some of us have something to add to uh, in reference to anthropology, uh, about uh, this culture that we're speaking from and how it will uh, help her in her project. is
2: I was just thinking, as you were talking about all this in the context of anthropology and, you know, modern scientific research, I think it helps a lot to be able to bridge that gap, um, to look, look at certain information about the um the scientific research that's gone into um, carbon dating certain things that haven't really been explained like you know they find screws from like you know something like a million years ago or something like that and then to take another look at the scientific method of by which they filter out um these kind of things you know none of these things don't get published in major scientific journals because it contradicts their other scientific uh, theories that they've established. So there's a certain process that they go through to, um, to select research findings and things like that. So I think it's a, a helpful way to bridge that gap is to look into some of this modern research, although not widely published, but to look into some of this modern scientific research that's come up about the uh, discrepancy in the dates that have been given to us as far as when human civilization began and things like that, it seems like that's a good way to bridge the gap. Otherwise, um, it, it can kind of just appear like a story or something like that.
1: So. There's a really nice book called Hidden Archeology by Michael Cremo. You can uh, Google it and uh, see how you can get that. I don't know if it's uh, well, in Amazon or wherever it is, I don't know. But it's a, it's a wonderful um, study. And what is the other book that uh, Michael Cremo and, and Richard... Uh, and De-evolution. De-evolution? Yeah, there's another one too. So there's several books out there that um, give an amazing and fascinating look into the ancient cultures. Uh, who? Hidden archaeology? Forbidden Archaeology, yeah. Forbidden archaeo- Archaeology, that's the name, right? Okay, thanks. Anything else? Yes?
3: Honey, Krishna, I came to
1: the class. You. It was very nice.
3: I'm glad I got to catch it. Um, I just uh, was appreciating your visualization of um,
2: things that are abominable to higher species, but are enjoyable to lower species. Such as like the hog eating stool and enjoying, but we find that completely abominable. And how much, how much, um, how much we look to the spiritual bodies, you know, the spiritual beings being in human form, and the things that we find enjoyable are abominable as well. You know, and the importance of becoming self-realized and um, doing away with these abominable things and preparing our spiritual
0: body.
1: To return back home. Yeah, thank you. So um, it's, a, this, it's a lifelong thing of um, becoming a, a God conscious, fully God conscious uh, living entity. In other words, reviving again who we really are, you know, to revive again that consciousness. So this is our lifelong journey and it's, it's a very fascinating journey. And these books really help on the journey. And, uh, we have so much uh, um, to offer in this respect. So any of the students who are interested, we have a great open house every Sunday night. A lot of times classes come here, or individual students come with the projects, and we start around 4 o'clock till about 8.30 at night every Sunday, and we'd love to have you come. It's really great. Or you can come anytime or call us, and personal interviews and study sessions and things like that
4: thank you um, thank you for class I one thing that came to mind that kind of would be an interesting um, study um, for an anthropologist would be to look at the um, history and culture of Discovering the deities in throughout the world, like how the deities come to um, different villages or uh, temples, and looking at the the pastimes surrounding, like um, why deities come and how they come, and then how they're installed. I thought that might be an interesting way of looking at. Some yeah, of the yeah, that would be very nice. So. We see that
1: uh, many times in the ancient uh, Vedic uh, wisdom literatures uh, it explains that thousands of years ago uh, uh, different deities were discovered in the jungles, and they were unearthed, and uh, they uh, they had their heritage, you know, and so they could read in their scriptures or through their own um, knowledge they would know. This is, you know, a deity from thousands and thousands or, or maybe millions of years ago. And so it becomes a, uh, an amazing study of uh, the ancient cultures and how they're reappearing from time to time in different ways, like in the deity forms or in the different uh, uh, remnants of cities and villages and temples. So, so yeah, that's, that would be very really interesting. For sure, and and just to go to uh, a lot of these places in India um, and Asia, anywhere in the world, uh, you'll find different remnants of this ancient culture and how it uh, promotes this higher grade consciousness to help us to become fully satisfied in life. by being uh, godly, respecting all living entities, and seeing the higher purpose of my existence beyond just um, the humdrum of everyday life, and and treating the planet according to this higher consciousness, and treating people and nations and communities and races according to this higher consciousness. This is uh, very important for our For our world and our our own consciousness, ourselves. Anything else to to add? Um, Prabhu, this is Kira, did you hear? Yes. So maybe, do you have any, like, little capsule about Vedic anthropology that um, we could leave?
3: (laughs) Well, not exactly. But I was reflecting on one of the principles behind this kind of discourse from the Bhagavatam, and Prabhupada also is following the same vein in the purport, which is that Vedic culture is actually, uh, it can be viewed as rather paternalistic, which means that it assumes, it it gives itself the, the position of having wisdom, and it assumes that others don't necessarily have that wisdom, and it presents that wisdom. For example, this verse is about how there are different levels of consciousness and the different statuses of happiness that are available at those levels of consciousness actually have an objective difference which if there's no objective difference in the happiness that uh, you know like a rabbit has versus the possible happiness that a human being can have then there's no meaning to the verse actually and there's no meaning to an instruction because you can't give an instruction when it's all relative you know like there's a kind of modern idea that well you know, everyone has their own idea of what to do with life, and it's all equally good. You know, you're into surfing, and I'm into like you know, ventriloquism, and that person's into like you know, beekeeping, and it's all the same, and that's fine. Um, and then it can be extended into even more relativism, you know, explicitly or implicitly. Actually, there is no real standard for human behavior, it's just kind of what we all agree on. It, that's kind of what we should just do. Um, but the Vedic culture is quite different in that. Because it's descending knowledge, it's actually coming from a place of, no, there are objective differences. So, sometimes this, this um, not doubt, yeah, almost like a doubt is, is brought up with these kinds of things. And a Prabhupada gave a class one time, and someone said, well, what's wrong with being a dog? I wanna be a dog one day, why not? We have, you know, they do cool things. The dogs are, I like dogs, I could be a dog. And I was just reflecting on this um, this, 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 this difference in paradigm, that on one hand, some persons will think that it's, everything is relative and that we should just experience whatever we can, and they're all equally valuable, all experiences. And on the other hand, uh, wisdom cultures from around the world point out that different activities and different mentalities produce different results. So, um, yeah, like if you eat a certain way, it's, it's very difficult to actually uh, be compassionate. It actually affects you. It's very difficult to be tolerant and patient because you're not you're not able to do that anymore and if you deal with others in a certain way it, it actually increases or decreases your ability to actually act in with integrity to your spiritual identity or purpose or conviction and that's a rather difficult pill to swallow i think for some people um, but it's it's actually quite uh, natural i think that anyway i don't really have a question but just reflecting on the, the challenges we have in this time dealing with this kind of presentation because you know, we're living historically at a time where it wasn't very long ago that cultures were extremely paternalistic and used that you know, kind of sense of manifest destiny, I know what's better, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna civilize these barbarians in different parts of the world to create all kinds of institutionalized, horrific you know, um, programs of even up to genocide based on the idea that they know better. What what human life is about? Of course, that's not what the, the beta culture is doing. But I think those buttons are there; and they can be a little bit pushed sometimes when when there's a, a presentation of well, there are objective differences in what you can do with your body and mind. So, if you have any reflections on that, about nice. I just thought I'd bring it up because it kind of underlies our discourse mm-hmm. on human culture, or for that matter, animal culture. Yeah.
1: So uh, we're taking. Uh as Shambhala, we were saying we're taking knowledge in a descending process, and uh, knowledge from um, personalities who are exemplary in their consciousness, and uh, the way they lived, and the way they spoke, and the way they wrote, and everything about them was, uh, um, to those who could observe properly, was uh, you know fully God realized. So, we're taking this knowledge from such source and presenting it um, in a humble way, you know, not like in a uh, didactic way or in a you know, condescending way, but just in a way like somebody gives a life raft to somebody in the ocean. You know, it's like tossing, tossing in the material existence, you know, like drowning in the material existence, and then someone hands a life raft, you know. And someone could say, well, you know, he, he handed that life raft in a, in a very condescending way, but, um, but the basic thing is we want to help that person, right? Save the person. So uh, the thing is, um, this cu- this culture and this knowledge is coming from such a, a high level of uh, compassion that um, it's it's there to i help everyone. It's like what we need for our our spiritual medicine, so to speak. Anyone else like to say something more? Any other points? Any questions, Kira? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anything else uh, you'd like to say? Would someone like to say anything about? Oh, okay.
4: I just wanted to share my reflection about um, how uh, we re- um, practice respect of um, all living entities um, while. Um, there is a seeming difference within body and then consciousness um, that is being um, engaged with by that particular entity um so i'll just share my reflection and if you can comment on whether that is correct um so is it that um we all have um, the potential for being fully God conscious we all have the potential to be um, selfless servants um, of one another and the divine and um, to be fully compassionate and blissful but that we're all on a journey in towards that and um, we're experiencing the karma or past activities and that is why we have different bodies and, and levels of consciousness. And but that underlying potential is, what, is how we respect, is because we know that everyone is part and parcel of God.
1: Yes, we're, we're seeing with that vision and, um, and, and appreciating how within every um, form of life, even the blade of grass, there is that spirit soul and also what we call the super soul, or the expansion of God. He, he enters into the hearts of all living entities and accompanies their through journey throughout the material existence to help. And uh, like we are saying, some call it the Holy Spirit or whatever they call it. So, so therefore, um, we have all potential in whatever uh, species of life we're in. So yeah, we're respecting that and um, and also, uh, respecting that um, yeah the Lord created all these different species for a reason to fulfill the desires of the living entities, and they take an appropriate body to fulfill those desires. And so we um, we respect that um, that this is the way of, of nature, right? So we respect it. and we uh, we try to. Uh, Appreciate it, and we try to uh, help all living entities in appropriate ways. Like it says, spiritual sound vibration. Uh, more or less, the essence of our practice is chanting Hare Krishna mantra and chanting the names of God. Uh, spiritual sound, and so by spiritual sound vibration, um, this whole existence, all all living entities, can in their consciousness become purified. So uh, anyway, maybe uh, can someone for yes
2: I was just thinking of another interesting uh, perspective to look at the whole approach of anthropology is, you know when we're seeking out knowledge, it means we're asking a question. We're asking some sort of question about some sort of thing and The general questions we ask when we're doing modern scientific research is how, when, what, but it's very difficult to start to research why. And that's the biggest question and the most profound question that one can ask when we're looking into culture or human existence in general. Why, why, so that we have this culture here, but why are they doing what they're doing? What is the significance behind it? you know, is it, does it have some, and then trying to understand even why are we doing this research? Why are we doing this research? Are we doing this research to, you know, publish some articles so that we can become some famous scientist or something like that, or just getting, doing it to pass an exam, or, you know, there's, there's probably a deeper reason behind it. So what is that reason? Why do I want to acquire knowledge? And then, why, you know, like I said about those cultures, to understand why is the culture doing something. Not just a superficial reason, um, and not just something that's, that we explain from our own kind of observation perspective, but to actually, actually understand the people and why they do what they do. And I think if we investigate Vedic culture like that, then we find a very profound meaning behind everything that it becomes relevant to all human beings. We find that why are these why are these people from this culture, why are they chanting God's names all the time? Why are they why are they dedicating themselves to God? Is it just so that they can have a nice society and you know everybody gets along? Or is it something much deeper? And to actually discover the truth behind that Ends up becoming something that's very relevant to ourselves and to the world and to anybody. So, I was just thinking that that's kind of it's very helpful to to look at our how are we approaching? What are we approaching something for? What is the what is the yeah like the, the what kind of questions are we asking? Is it how, why, when, what, or all of the above? You know, I think that's a very powerful way to kind of look into that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, and, uh, and this uh, culture, Vedic culture, to explain that the human form of life really begins when we begin to inquire, you know, why am I here? Why am I suffering? Um, what's my relationship with the Supreme, with the Divine, with you know, this whole nature, this whole universe, and and what is the uh, goal of my existence? What is the essence of it all? And, uh, you know, how how do I go about um, becoming, uh, again, fully realized soul? So, uh, anyway, it's um, 9.02, so I think we can stop here. And... Thank you very much for Mm -hmm. adding to this class for our benefit, for Kira's benefit. Mm All glories to Chuma Bhagavatam, all glories to Chula Prabhupada.